0: Welcome to the second episode of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast for this week. This is Jared again being joined by Lucas, Wyatt, and Bart, and Aiden not joining us, but we'll be calling in later about our beloved Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Just some quick news we missed I wanted to mention. The big one that happened that we're not going to talk about is that Texas A&M lost to Appalachian State at home after paying them over a million dollars uh, to come there. So it was money well spent for Appalachian State at least, or money well earned. Um, I'm excited to see Miami and Texas A&M face off this week because I've not seen Mario Cristobal uh, in Miami yet. Very excited for that game. Anybody else have thoughts?
1: I like that there was a team that maybe lost a little more embarrassingly than Notre Dame. Yeah, that, that was kind of fun. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> That's my takeaway.
0: <laughs> and... Um, my other one I wanted to just get out there is that everybody talks about the Big Ten being this mega conference. Minnesota right now is the only unbeaten team in the Big Ten West. Just saying, if Notre Dame, if we want to join the Big Ten, get into the West, we'll run that conference every year. What are you trying to say about Minnesota, man? I'm yeah, just, I mean, I'm, all I'm saying, Minnesota just happened to be the lone unbeaten. All I'm saying is that the rest of the team suck in the Big Ten. Jared, you, you're also unbeaten, or you've you've
2: been beaten, excuse me. You guys haven't won in a <laughs> game yet. The, yeah. First, you don't want to join the Big Ten. You refuse to every year, and you have yet to win um, a game. So, what? <laughs> where's the proof what that you would be in Minnesota?
1: Yeah. We also, Minnesota can. has like, I think if Notre Dame played Western Illinois, who's not even FBS, maybe could have squeaked out a, a win. And then the other win was over New Mexico State. Also, think could have been a win. So I don't know. Yeah. See. So Notre Dame played Minnesota schedule. We'd be on top. Be like defeated that, yeah. too.
0: Let's get into Notre Dame who as Wyatt kind of alluded to <laughs> suffered a humiliating home defeat to Marshall this weekend and dropped completely out of the rankings. Aiden is is calling in for us to to give us some insight on on what went wrong and what the potential ceiling and floor is for this team now.
3: Okay, so to start with obviously I'm going to adjust my initial estimate here. <laughs> I may have said that Notre Dame was going to go 10 and 2 this year, which they still can mathematically at least uh, but anyways what we've seen last week certainly calls into question previous estimations and that's a nice way of putting it so to start with the ceiling adjusted based on the Marshall loss I'm going to say eight and four this seems potentially overly optimistic but there is a reason to have some faith in Freeman's teams making adjustments Obviously, Freeman was defensive coordinator last year and immediately came under fire as the team was atrocious defensively in their first few games. They gave up 38 points to Florida State in their first game last year, and then 29 points to Toledo, an FBS team that, like Marshall, went 7-6 and six last year in a group of five conference. And then they turned it around. In ND's last four regular season games last year, the defense allowed 6, 3, 0, and 14 points Obviously, this is different because the turnaround this year seems more needed on offense, which will fall more on Tommy Reese, but I have faith that a Freeman-led team could potentially turn it around. With that said, it's hard to see them doing that much better than 8-2 and two in their remaining games, and even that feels like it's hard and, again, optimistic, especially given the QB situation. As for the floor, I'm saying 5-7 and seven, where they miss a bowl game, so I don't think it's all that low. Yes, the QB situation is bad, the offense as a whole looks anemic, but this this is, after all, a team that went 10-2 last year, and is returning many pieces from last year. It's hard for me to see them doing all the much worse than that, even despite what we've seen so far. So I don't think they'll reach the lows of 2016, where they went 4-8. and 8. ND that year went 1-7 in one possession games, which sure, it's possible it can happen again, but that's a, a Scott Frost level of meltdown that I don't think they'll replicate. And I really hope for the sake of all of our mental health that they don't, that could break Lucas, I feel like. Uh, and and yes, I get that they lost potentially the easiest game on their schedule this year, besides maybe UNLV. But again, remember that last year, Notre Dame beat Toledo 32-29 to at home. They had to come from behind to beat a team essentially in the same realm as Marshall. And Toledo doesn't have a movie after them. Matthew McConaughey (laughs) has never sported Toledo gear, so it would be worse to lose to Toledo. But anyway, we could have very easily lost that game to an incredibly irrelevant football team and ended up in a similar situation to the one that we're in now. And I would argue that last year, the situation looked more dire after Week 2, given that they needed OT to beat a bad Florida State team and had to come from behind against Toledo. And they turned things around to some degree. So I don't expect things to get all that bad that but despite all that the loss was at the very least humiliating and it's clear that notre dame is not going to be a playoff team or
1: anything super close to that
0: well we're not I mathematically eliminated the... from the playoffs are we <laughs> no, i'm just joking. i mean no
1: i think the ceiling is way or the, the floor is way lower than aiden is making what's the floor me. i think like three and nine.
0: Oh my goodness
1: I mean, there are three guaranteed losses on the schedule at this point, no. right? Guaranteed? BYU, Clemson, U- Clemson, there's at least two. Who? Clemson and the USC are guaranteed losses.
0: I think USC. I don't know about Clemson. Here's the thing. USC, USC is going to be a shootout game, which we can't win right now. We just don't have the personnel to do. I yeah. think that's going to be a loss. No. Clemson, though, their offense also sucks. So we could be fine. It's
2: better than yours.
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Drew Pine. I mean, maybe with Buckner, sure, but now that Buckner's no, no, Buckner. The season, Buck, I don't
2: know. I don't it. want to get on him too much. I, Buckner wasn't great. I'm gonna get Buckner, on. It. He he ain't it. He is not. He, he can't do it. I'm sorry. Like there the offense <clears throat> after the first week against Ohio State, I thought that there was a chance Notre Dame was going to have one of the three best defenses in college football. And obviously, letting Marshall maybe letting Marshall score 26 isn't bad, but only putting up 21 against Marshall is bad. And that happens to be because I don't think their quarterback actually has the talent to lead a team to be, you know, one of these top flight programs. And if you think about like, like Alabama has Bryce Young, Ohio State has CJ Stroud, USC has Caleb Williams. Like these programs have really big names. And even Miami has a big name who's projected to be like one of the, the first three quarterbacks taken off the board uh, in this year's come, upcoming draft. And, and just like Ian Book, Buckner wouldn't be drafted until like the fourth or fifth round if he were to go in the in the draft sometime next year, so it's just drafted. like, yeah, if he were if he were to get drafted at all. And but I mean like, he I'm sorry he just like he just it's not it, he ain't it. It's not gonna work out with him. He's not gonna be the quarterback for you guys, and there has to be a change in offense because it is miserable.
1: Yeah, both Buckner interceptions were bad this weekend. <laughs> like really. bad like, his fault interceptions. Like, I don't think you could spin it as any other way, especially the one that led to the pick six. Like, that was game they over were horrible. at that, that point. Yeah, and They were horrible. But, like, I think that, like, I don't know. I'm just, like, not optimistic about this season going forward. I mean, I don't think anybody is, but it's, like, I think there are a lot of losses on that schedule coming up. Like, I think, I'm not like, not that they're all going to be guaranteed, but I think, like, seven and five is a realistic... <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean that's a little bit for the season that's a
0: little bit better than three nine
1: um no i think that's i think that's (laughs) the the floor i think it's somewhere between three and nine and seven and five at this point yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah, ceiling is seven and five
0: um i don't know i'm gonna latch on to Aiden's point that we also did not look good the first two games last year on the defensive side of the ball that's mostly what i'm gonna latch on to but With the caveat being that we had a lot of talent on defense and we still do, we don't have that much talent right now on offense, apparently. You know, like our wide receivers are dropping passes, even when they are getting open. And then if they are getting open, open, Tyler Buckner can't hit them. Our offensive line has really not looked Mm -hmm. good for, which Mm -hmm. has been so frustrating, returning all of our starters. And it's that's really frustrating. I'll ask the question we're all thinking why weren't we throwing our hat in the ring for Spencer Rattler? <laughs> we can't keep getting I, our transfers. That, seriously, though, we can't keep getting our transfers from Wisconsin. No, no disrespect to Cone. Like, the, U, the USC QB room is a transfer factory. We should look there, I think. I swear, half their quarterbacks, every quarterback that is not the starter, transfers, I swear. Keaton Slovis, JT Daniels, Jackson Dart, they're all playing somewhere else now. I'm serious, though. We need yeah. to get in the transfer portal for next year. Because we're not, we don't have a quarterback signed in next year's class, and we're gonna have to rely on CJ Carr, uh, I believe is his name, or Carr's his last name, in the 2024 class. But even then, he'll be a freshman, so we gotta hope that he's ready to play at that time. And it's, yeah, I, a lot of people have been saying that Tommy Reese has kind of maybe fumbled the recruiting as well. And it's gonna, and to a point that Lucas made last time, I think position wise, if Notre Dame is not producing good quarterback play then a recruit can easily ask the question like am i going to develop at notre dame if you know you're recruiting me but it doesn't look like i don't have evidence that i'm going to get developed there you know what i mean i think that's the thing that worries me
1: yeah i mean two big things too coming out of this is that like one it makes me appreciate jack cone a lot more like you say (laughs) like oh we shouldn't get like our like transfers from wisconsin but like he was pretty good last year you know like they went 11 and one He was effective at what he did like no is he a is he a title winning quarterback no but he was like good and i think that i don't know if i can say that about buckner or pine or anybody like that and so i think that that is concerning and i agree with you jared that the transfer portal should be an option this offseason because there's a lot of talk to that like this was supposed to be buckner's year to develop like nobody ever thought he was going to be like elite this year um but now he doesn't have that anymore and then Carr comes in in 2024 but there is some talk people are trying to get Carr to reclassify to 2023 um (laughs) i don't know how good of an idea that is but who's trying to get him
0: to reclassify marcus freeman calling him up or (laughs) i don't
1: know people People. there are rumors about it um also other thing is i think this is gonna kill recruiting like it's one thing to be like oh oh big game like losing big games doesn't impact recruiting and I like well I don't necessarily agree I think there's like more of a point to that on the other hand I think losing to Marshall does impact recruiting
0: okay but like I said it doesn't re- it doesn't impact it for Florida State it doesn't for LSU it didn't for Texas it doesn't for USC they sell a vision they sell a long-term vision not a, but how a many titles state. have those teams won in the last 15 okay LSU is 1-1 and that's it. Else has won <laughs> that's it but no but but it doesn't but it's the the argument is that it's going to affect recruiting and it doesn't. I'm not saying they're going to win a title, but it doesn't affect recruiting.
1: I think all those teams also have something that Notre Dame doesn't in that they are in warm weather and there are like other pros of playing there as opposed to Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is like situationally very different from those schools. and So I think stuff like this has more of an impact. We've had this whole conversation already. (laughs) I know. I know. So we don't need to have it again. It goes
4: on for the whole season and I'm with you, but just the loss to Marshall, I don't think so. Because yeah. the, the whole appeal right now of Marcus Freeman's recruiting is, is, is his energy, his personality, and the fact that he's you know a stark contrast to Brian Kelly. So if, if players can see that he can't coach, then I could believe that they'll bounce after one whole season of evidence of that. But right now, I think it's premature.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I think it's premature too, especially on recruiting. I mean, LSU, seventh right now. They had a terrible year last year. They're seventh right now in next year's class. It just really doesn't affect them that much. Oklahoma also didn't had a down year, and also mass exodus of recruits. They're still fifth.
1: I don't know. The wheels can fall off. Well, speaking point. of Freeman too, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah speaking. Meanwhile, at
0: LSU, Brian Kelly led fifty-one zero at halftime on route to his win. Yes, it was against Southern U, but does this does this affect the way that you view Brian <laughs> Kelly? Or LSU or anything. What do you? What's your thoughts on that? No. No. Okay.
1: They play play Southern. Like I don't know.
0: Okay. Well, well, does does the start of the season affect your view of Brian Kelly at all? Also, no. No. Okay.
4: All right. (laughs) I mean, I just Freeman still deserves the benefit of the doubt. So. Mm
1: Okay. I have like, I, there is a seed of doubt in my mind about Freeman now, though. Okay, but, that's what I was going
0: to go into next. Yeah.
1: I I do think I'm with Bart. He still should be given the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and, but it's looked but pretty bad. Doubt. But they're, <laughs> they're, they're, it's looked pretty bad so far. And I always thought this was going to be like a little bit of a transition year. which like, oh, he's never been a, a head coach before. So it's like, it's not just going to be smooth. But I thought like eight and four, nine and three, not smooth, not like fighting for. That's still for possible. A... I don't know how likely it is though. Yeah, we'll I don't think that if we're like betting on the most likely scenarios this year, that that's the most likely scenario. Okay. Well, one thing All I that saw. Being... Oh, sorry. Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, no. you, you go, go. I didn't really have anything more interesting to say. You could go. Okay.
4: Well, I I just I saw someone post the starting records of some well-known coaches. Sabin started two and six. Dabo was 19 and 16 in his first three years so that's a little bit long term. Lou Holt started 1 and 4. So mm-hmm. you know, it happens like if, if he goes if he goes 0 and 12 or whatever that's one thing but yeah. first year coaches are going to struggle. Like I
0: Let's yeah. be honest here.
4: But, no, I, agree. but, but that, I think
1: something is situationally different different to me. It's like those people <laughs> who are taking over because the coach got fired. Like this he's taking over a supposedly good team. You know, like I don't know something that's about good. that is like is is different for me. like if you if like brian kelly gone four and eight like if they had fired brian kelly after 2016 or whatever and whoever took over came in and went like seven to six five the next year i'd be like great cool um something about this feels situationally different for me and again i like marcus freeman i think he will write this ship but while i was like 100 percent all gung-ho before maybe i'm like 99 percent right now <laughs> it's like there's this okay just that, a one percent drop i'll live with that <laughs> the, the kernel of a seed of doubt has been planted in my mind and it is a little concerning
0: I say to Notre Dame fans, I saw Notre Dame fans are already like Freeman's got to go. I say if you don't like the show, change the channel right now. I don't. If know anybody that, I know has any. to
4: go, it's Reese.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Potentially. The offensive play calling has been bad and just the the offense has like the offensive talent is bad. Yeah. No offense,
4: but well, that's what I was going to You said that they were supposed to be good, but I'm not sure how much better this offense would look under Brian Kelly with this lack of talent. So I, I mean it's obviously impossible to answer, but i mean come how much of it is freeman's fault
0: yeah his side of the ball i feel like is fine i mean marshall wasn't great how they kind of ran on us but i feel like his side of the ball is gonna be fine and uh yeah uh last question i wanted to ask on the notre dame though is this the worst loss that you think notre dame has suffered since you've been a fan no oh what what was the worst one lucas lucas
4: gets the benefit of having been a fan for a lot longer. yeah that's true <laughs> yeah.
1: um i think tulsa 2011 oh. uh that was bad tulsa 2010 sorry tulsa 2010 brian kelly's first year um See, it's a trend yeah it was just like in the dearth of like notre dame football being really bad like having not really done anything since 1988 even still or i guess 1993 or whatever at this that point, um, like there hadn't been the sort of like Brian Kelly renaissance that there was of like the national championship appearance and the playoff appearances and stuff like that. And it was just like they got the new coach, Brian Kelly was supposed to be great. They were four and four going into that game, they were still looking mid, and then they lost to Tulsa. And the quarterback Dane Christ got injured in the game too. Oh boy. And then the backup threw an interception in the end zone. If anybody wants to guess who the backup was in that game that threw an interception into the end zone, he has been cited on this podcast before today. Tommy His name Re- is Tommy Reese. Yeah. Um, who did take over as a starter and lead them to a national championship game berth <laughs> along with Olson. But still, it um, wasn't great. So Tulsa then, and then I think, I think it was the same year, Notre Dame, South Florida. <laughs> um, oh, man so, Tolson, no, so in that South was the Ford f- in the same that year was, That was the following year no that was the uh, following year it was 2011 first game of the season there was like a three-hour thunderstorm delay <laughs> and it was like oh brian kelly really is that bad um but then he turned out okay um which is why i still hope for Marcus Freeman. but i think those are the two worst losses
0: yeah I think this is the worst one since I've been a fan. Duke in twenty sixteen was bad, but at least they're a basketball school and a power five school, so I feel like that makes it a little bit, a little bit more respectable. Um, most heartbreaking loss, though, I think, was when we lost to Miami in twenty seventeen, like forty one to eight. That was the, that was the worst game I've ever watched.
1: Oh, my most heartbreaking loss is definitely Clemson twenty fifteen.
0: Actually, I loved that game. I have, even though we lost, I have very fond memories of that game. Jared. I thought it was super fun.
1: It was a fun we game. Fumbled twice within the five yard line. That that's the game that kicks. That started. <laughs> that kick started the club set. Like if that game goes the other way, like Notre Dame probably makes a playoff that year. It wasn't a super strong playoff. That, like we I think that Notre Dame could have won. Whatever the, it.
0: Heck, the heck was in there.
1: I think Notre Dame could have won a national title. That that that's the most talent that Notre we Dame has. We did have had a talented seven here. Twenty jalen smith but will we, fuller but, but even like, if
0: we would have beat stanford we would have made it into probably and we just lost that game. no i mean yeah unknowing
1: no. there's no way of knowing there's no way of knowing
0: okay well the same with same with here the same with your the same we're gonna win no. the national championship. there's no way of knowing that <laughs> oh, <not> yeah <laughs> uh t- one team we're gonna go into our cash of trash oh, though um oh go ahead we, go we ahead. glossed
2: over this the only time that the point where well nick saban had a really bad start to to his career is if you have Nick Saban as your, if you have to believe that Marcus Freeman is Nick Saban,
0: I do believe because that.
2: if you if you go and you look, <laughs> at, at... I'm not even joking. I think Nick, he's going to be a really good coach. I mean, but look, go but ahead, look man. at Nick some of Nick Saban's losses during his first year as a head coach. He lost the number one overall pick, Matt Stafford. He lost the number three team in the country at the time, LSU, and he had also a couple really close games in those years where at the at the very least they looked like they could compete with higher teams. They just didn't have the guys or for whatever reason, right now... That's what we didn't
0: with Ohio State.
2: Right now, after a terrible loss to Marshall, I, I feel like I be, it's totally fair to have the, the doubt in your mind to say, can we actually compete with these guys? So you have to believe that he's he's going to be Nick Saban, and I don't doubt anybody who says that he's not.
0: He's not Nick Saban, but he could be Lou Holtz, as, as Lucas said in our preseason comparison. Yeah, I mean, comparison.
1: I... I might retract
0: that and no, go Charlie Weiss, but no Lou Holtz Lou Holtz like Barton okay. said didn't do well either. Um let's get into our cash or trash though. One team that is definitely going to win a national title in like the next two years is Texas. No, I'm just joking. Texas <laughs> is years. back though. Um let's let's cash or trash this statement that Texas is back, aka that they will win the big twelve championship this season. Wyatt, what do you think?
2: Oh, yeah. Texas is back, baby. I mean <laughs> oh, they're probably yeah. they're probably more back than just winning the Big Twelve Championship. I think that as far as I'm concerned, they won that game against Alabama. At least <laughs> of if, <course> <laughs> if, if Quinn Yaris had stayed healthy throughout the entire game, I would be, I would you could sell me that 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 they would have won. I think that they would have won. At least by yeah. a couple scores. Um but they yeah, they were really oh. good. Yeah, a couple scores. They were really, really good. I mean, I think that it, it kind of looks like all the pieces are starting to come back together. Quinn Ewers, Ohio State guy, never leaves, bud. All right, you're an Ohio State quarterback for life. Uh, Joe Burrow, the greatest, so Joe, yeah, yeah, one of the greatest Ohio State quarterbacks of all time. Thanks for winning that national championship. We get one one eighth of that, and as soon as Texas <laughs> wins theirs, we get another eighth, and we'll put together a whole trophy with all the transfers that that we have that have left. Uh, but anyway, the the talent is there. I mean, I they feel like the pieces are starting to come back together. And as far as I'm concerned, Texas is back, and a healthy Quinn Ewers season, their top four team.
0: Okay,
4: Bart. Uh, Bart, what do you think? I mean, so are they back? I guess I, I could subscribe to them being Sorry, back. Cash. Are they? Are they going to win the <laughs> the the, the, cha- the Big Twelve championship? No, that that I trash. Oh, I mean, yours is out for four to six weeks. That means he's going to miss the Oklahoma game. He's probably going to miss the Oklahoma State game too. Did you see Hudson Card play? Did we watch the same game? Ewers was zipping it. And he looked electric. <laughs> Hudson Card looks so average. I don't think they could possibly win he's out with Hudson guy. Card take, taking those snaps instead of Ewers. That's my reason for trashing it. If Ewers had won, or if Ewers had played, they would have won, and this probably wouldn't even be a valid cash or trash because it'd be so obvious. But right now, I'm not. I'm not as confident as Wyatt. <laughs> with Bijan <laughs> Mustardson, I mean, come on, like, oh yeah, like
2: mm-hmm. he's a dog. He got that dog. He got that dog. Straight up, straight and simple.
0: But Hudson Card does not. (laughs) There. Uh, What about another up and coming team that is potentially back? Not as back as Texas, of course. But what about USC? Lucas, is USC a playoff team? Cash or trash?
1: I could not cash anything more than I'm cashing. That's crazy. I I think it's so easy. It's so simple that they're going to be a playoff team this year. Jared, come on. (laughs) USC has looked really good these first two games especially the offense. Caleb Williams has been electric. They've dropped 40 points in each of their first two games. The offense is going to be great. Plus, they're playing in a borderline power five conference, so they don't even have to play the best team in that borderline power five conference in the regular season schedule. They don't have Oregon on on their schedule at this point. I think with how Notre Dame is playing, I don't think there's any real challenges on their schedule at this point. Utah might be tough, but they lost to Florida, and I think that they're probably not as good as we all thought they were. I think this is an easy coasting to a 12-0 season, and then they'll probably play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, and if they win that, they're a playoff team. So I am cashing this really hard. Plus, the thing with Pac-12 teams is they don't usually have like narrative or clout on their side. USC doesn't have that issue. USC has clout, not only from the history of just being like USC and everything, but they have Lincoln Riley now. That adds things so I think even if like there's a little bit of wiggle room that they could still get that bump. So I'm cashing this really hard. I think <laughs> the USC is definitely a playoff team.
0: Are you cashing it hard enough to book that they're gonna go undefeated Ooh. this year? Sounds like he is. Commit Lucas! There yes. you go. Out of boys. I'll book it. Sweet. Okay. I'll cool. book it
1: they have an undefeated regular season. Cool. I'm
0: trashing this super hard. <laughs> there's no chance they are a playoff team this year. They have looked good on offense. On defense, they have not looked good. Yes, their offense is elite. Their defense is shaky at best. Teams can their teams can run on them. Their run defense is not very good. They just gave up over 200 yards to Stanford. And for everyone talking about how they won the transfer they transfer portal, they mostly did that on offense, not on defense. They're all their five-star guys were offensive guys. Um and I just find it hard to believe that after losing they lost 21 players to the transfer portal and 16 to the draft that in lincoln rally's first year you can coalesce that into a playoff championship team it just feels like too much to overcome i would hate it if that happened too i would be really mad but i think it is too much to overcome and this is what i'm gonna book lucas their first loss i'm gonna tell you when it is october 8th against the washington state cougars watch out i'm not even joking watch out for that game
1: delusional delusional
0: that game that's all i'll say (laughs) trash USC's trash. Uh, no. <laughs> um let's let's end it though with our blue collar team of the week. Bart. Bart, you have the honors. Who is our blue collar team of the week? It was a
4: good week for blue collar play. There are good some good options here. Pick of the litter. I want to give an honorable mention. You just mentioned them, Jared, to Washington State. They're not my my pick pick, but 17 point underdogs to Wisconsin and they won 1714. That's solid. To me though, there are basically two that are equally valid, so I'm just gonna talk about them both. One of them obviously is Marshall. We talked about it a whole lot earlier. I think anytime you can upset Notre Dame, the blue co- the or, excuse me, the blue blood of blue bloods, that's pretty blue collar. <laughs> and they did it in a blue collar way as well. I mean they, they killed Notre Dame's rushing attack. They had a better rushing attack of their own than their passing. They won mm-hmm. the turnover battle three to zero. I mean, it doesn't get more blue collar than that. Except for it does, sort of. How could I not mention them? I would be remiss not to mention the giant killer. Lucas talked about them last week. You <laughs> mentioned them in the news we missed, Jared. I'm talking about Appalachian State. Yeah. This is, this is an, e- an, easy, an easy pick as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they, they took out a and the sixth seed. They were actually a, slightly less of an underdog than Marshall was, but I still think I love this. I mean, they also won the turnover battle 2-0. They played super strong defense. They were an 18.5-point underdog, and they managed to upset A&M. So it, Appalachian State just says something in the water over there. So They're I think, I think App, State. App, State. App, State App State and App Marshall place. are both, both my, my co-blue-collar teams of the week.
1: So. Shout out Appalachian this week. Both teams from there. We love it.
0: Is, where's Marshall? Was he in West Virginia? West Virginia. Oh, shit. Yeah. See, I don't even know where Marshall's from. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> Did you watch the movie? Are Marshall? Uh, I, I, I vaguely remember it. I, I it's been a while. Classic we are Marshall
2: is like. about Marshall University. Yeah, yeah. I've never even seen, I've never seen the movie. I th- I thought it was a war <laughs> it's movie. A, it's a good to one to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I. Was, well, people I used people to watch them. a lot as a kid.
1: There's
4: a good amount of death,
1: but yeah.
4: What's the movie
2: about?
1: Football. The the team got in a plane crash and then they like rebuild the team. Oh, it crash. is a tragedy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a true story, though.
2: Yeah, I know. Okay, I didn't know it was about the school. Sorry, I brought that up yeah that's gonna do it for this episode uh we appreciate you guys listening to us again if we have not found our way on apple podcasts you can find us on spotify and if you're listening to uh, to us on spotify who cares uh go ahead and leave us a review uh go ahead and follow us on all of our socials twitter instagram and tiktok at lunch guys underscore we appreciate you guys listening every week and we'll see you next week thank you